Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? I was studying this and really contemplating it and thinking about the things in Israel and everything going on in the world. And I was thinking, well, you know, we often joke, and and I remember hearing this, the statistics on death are staggering. One out of every one of us is going to die. But then I was reminded, there is a passage that tells us there's a generation of people that will never taste death. I believe we're that generation. Because, remember, the Lord is going to come get us while we're alive and kicking. Some of you kicking more than others, you know what I mean? (laughs) But we will be alive, and he will come and get us, and I think he's coming to get us soon. But no such thing for Alexander the Great. He, He didn't die. He died from sickness, not from an army, although it could have been an army of viruses. We don't know. But as I mentioned, even when he died, something strange and mysterious happened. He laid on his deathbed for six days after he was dead, after he was pronounced dead, and there was no smell and no decay on his body for six days. And they were just fascinated by this. But before he actually died, remember what happened. They came to him and they said, you don't have a valid heir. Now, uh, he did have two sons. I think they were younger than three years old, but they weren't ready to take any throne. But they came to him and they said, who would take your throne? And he famously said, to the strongest. And we know it sparked a bunch of bloody wars. But four of his generals, his four most powerful generals, took power. Four heads of the leopard, four horns that we see here today, Cassander in the west, Antigonus in Turkey, Seleucus in the east, and Ptolemy in the south. The four heads of the leopard, the four horns here, rising up after the large horn after Alexander the Great is broken off. Pretty accurate. But here's where it gets a little more interesting. It's, a little, it's just fascinating to me because we're going to see now another little horn that's going to grow out of one of those other horns, one of those four horns, out of the Seleucid Empire. Out of the Seleucid Empire is going to come another little horn. And we know from history that this little horn, he not only brutally slaughtered the Jewish people, but he defiled the temple of God and put it into the daily sacrifice. Sound familiar? We know this. We know the Antichrist is going to do the same. And so as we look at this little horn, no, he's a foreshadow and a type of the Antichrist as well. And we're going to see something really powerful in Scripture. I want to share this before we dive in because there's a principle in Scripture. I've talked about it before, but I want to, I want to really dive into this today so you have an understanding. So when you're studying the Scripture yourself, you understand some of these things. There is something in Scripture called a dual prophecy. A near, there's near and far... Um, prophetic application in a sense that there'll be a prophecy that has some elements that already happen, but there are former elements or, or elements in the future that still haven't happened, but they will happen. It's called a dual prophecy or near and far interpretation. Let me read you a definition from Got Questions because I think they do a much better job. It says this, 
A double fulfillment or dual fulfillment of a Bible prophecy is the circumstance in which the prophecy has both a short-term and long-term fulfillment. A prophecy is made, and the first fulfillment comes to pass relatively soon thereafter. Later, there is a second fulfillment to the prophecy, and that second fulfillment is usually fuller and more literal. So there is a near fulfillment and a far fulfillment. A prophecy having a dual fulfillment helps to unify Scripture and emphasizes God's masterful control of events. There are many examples of this in Scripture. I won't go into really any of those. I'll just mention one. Remember in the book of Acts, when the church was born and the Holy Spirit was given, Peter, he said this. He said, this is that which the prophet Joel spoke of. Now, if you go study this out, you'll realize only half of what the prophet Joel spoke of was fulfilled that day. There's still a far fulfillment of that prophecy. Peter was revealing that part of that prophecy had come true, but there's still more to come. Go study it out. It's pretty awesome. But so sometimes in prophetic language, this is what happens. There's something else I want us to look at today, too, because there's something else we're going to see in this chapter that I think is crucial as you study the Bible. Many times in Scripture, especially concerning Satan, you'll see something like this. You'll see the Scripture talking about judgment coming against someone or something. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the sentence sometimes, it turns and begins speaking about something else or someone else, a judgment. It happens in Scripture, but especially as it relates to Satan. Let me give you an example. Isaiah 14, verses 10 through 15. We know that there's a judgment given on the king of Babylon leading up to this. And all of a sudden, it's going to turn, and it's going to begin judging Satan, speaking about Satan. So it's leading up. It's talking about the judgment of Babylon. And in verse 10, it says, They all shall speak and say to you, Have you also become as weak as we? That's still concerning the king of Babylon, but now it's starting to turn, and then all of a sudden it says this, have you become like us? What does that even mean? Your pomp is brought down to Sheol, and the sound of your stringed instruments. Notice this. This is a reference to Satan, and you'll see in the next sentence, if you don't already, but remember, I've talked about this. Satan seems to be some kind of musical genius, and it's going to be in both passages we look at today. And this is why, be careful what you listen to, church, Even within the church, we have to be careful of what kind of music, so-called praise and worship music, because Satan's a musical genius. He can twist things just enough to get you off track. Be careful. We don't have to be legalists. We don't have to be overboard on this, but be careful. But here's the thing. So stringed instruments, the maggot is spread under you and worms cover you. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations, for you have said in your heart. And these are the five I will statements of Satan. This is showing his fall. The first sin ever recorded in scriptures right here. It's not the fall of man, it's the fall of Satan. In his pride, he said these things. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. And so what begins as a judgment on the king of Babylon instantly turns and becomes a judgment and a prophecy against Satan himself. We also see this in Ezekiel 28. When, when a judgment and a prophecy is given against the king of Tyre, and then it turns. Look at this, verse 11 in Ezekiel 28. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection. Huh? 
the king of Tyre, the seal of perfection. It continues, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your, what is this? Timbrels and pipes, musical instruments, was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub. This judgment is an angel. An anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. Speaking of his pride here, you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You know, it's fascinating because the scripture also says, when we see him, we'll say, certainly, this can't be the one who tormented us so. And some people say, well, yeah, because he's going to be so weak and frail. And we're going to say, this can't be the one who tormented. I don't think so. Did you read his description? When we see Satan, we will see this beautiful being. Beautiful. And remember, he can come as an angel of light. And he certainly does. Remember, this is how sin, it's always covered with something beautiful. This is Satan's MO. But this is all speaking of Satan. And it's fascinating that God's word will do this. And we'll see some of this today. We're going to see near and far application of prophecy. And we're going to see the scripture turn and begin to speak of someone else. But there's something else to consider here. And I want us to understand this because when you look at both of these passages we just looked at and the one we'll look at later, even though it's a judgment towards these men, the king of Babylon and the king of Tyre, many of us believe they were also possessed by Satan. And so it makes sense that it'd be a dual judgment. Satan has possessed these men, so the men are receiving judgment, but then also Satan. And we'll see that also with the Antichrist, won't we? Saw with Judas as well, but we'll see it with Antichrist. But right now we see this little horn. This is not the Antichrist. This is the little horn that comes out of the four horns of Greece. And it becomes exceedingly great. Verse 9, and out of one of them, out of the four horns, came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. The glorious land is a reference to Israel. As we started today in our prayer in Israel, the glorious land, God's glorious land, is Israel. And we know that this little horn, this king, did just that. He was especially cruel to Israel. Verse 10 through 12 says this, And it grew up to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host of the, some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. Verse 11, He even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host. And by him the daily sacrifices were taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. Because of transgression, an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices, and he cast truth down to the ground. He did all that he and did all this and prospered. Sorry. So we know this little horn. This little horn is not the Antichrist, but he is a type and a shadow of the Antichrist. And we know that a man out of the Seleucid Empire, out of one of the horns of Greece, rose to power. His name was Antiochus IV. Antiochus IV became known as Antiochus Epiphanes. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org.
Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.